Thank you, Father. Wow, such a sense of God's presence among us this morning. And if you're still praying for one another, keep doing that. But I'm going to ask the girls if they'd come and share what the Lord's been showing them. Crystal, you've been kind of working with them with the prophetic pictures. So just uh, show, tell us and help us receive from God. Yeah, they um, during the worship, it was really meaningful to these girls, and I, I asked them to draw something that God was speaking to them personally um, about the worship. And so they all have something different. Some of them will, some of them want to share verbally, and some of them want me to speak for them. They're not done with their drawings yet, but this is what they mean. Okay, this is Gabby. Okay, so my drawing says, no matter how m much it rains, God is always with you. So, and I drew, like, bad and good raindrops, and then I showed that God puts over you to protect you. So, so basically, she drew these big, giant raindrops, and to her, the rain represent negative things in her life that were coming at her. And she wrote in the raindrops, like, anger, depression sadness um and so those things were coming at her in her life but also in the raindrop she wrote kindness gladness joyous happiness and there's a big orange bubble at the bottom and that's her in the bubble and that bubble at the bottom is god protecting her you know god is there with her while all these things are coming at her they can't get to her here you go Guys, this is Tamia, and she's still working on her drawing as well. Mine just, you know, ever since I was like eight, I've just been going through a lot of stuff. And 2022 is like a, just a really just rough year with me. Like just a lot of a lot of stuff, like really bad depression and anxiety and stuff. And it just sent me through a lot. Like the whole year was something new each month. So... And I feel like God's trying to tell me to trust him more and to talk to him more about some things. Because instead of talking to him, I just turned to a lot of bad things that made me feel better. That was awesome. She drew this heart. She's still working on her drawing. You did a good job. And there's bricks in this heart. And God was breaking down the walls. So the bricks are falling apart and coming down. And that represents her own heart where God is breaking down walls so that she can trust. <laughs> yes. So Jessie's shy. So she drew this tree. It's a beautiful tree, and there's a girl under the tree. It, you know, they're not done with their art yet. So before you guys started singing this one particular song, she had already started drawing this, and it says, Take me to that secret place, Lord. So before you even started singing that, she was already, God was already speaking to her about that. And so that's her under the tree. And she wrote, The Lord has rooted and grounded me to be his daughter, and I, am for, and I will forever stay in his light. So she was trying to draw herself a part of the tree, like, like she was a part of the tree, but she couldn't quite do it. But that represented her. God was grounding her and taking her away to that secret place. 
girls, it's wonderful how you hear God, and thank you for sharing his revelations with us. Jamie. I just felt like I have a word for Tamia. So I don't know if you've ever had what we call like a prophetic word, um, but it's just something that it's a word of encouragement. But when you were standing up there, your shirt really stood out to me. It said, get fired up. And I feel like like you're going to get fired, people fired up for the Lord. I feel like the Lord, you know, he has a purpose for each and every one of us. But when I saw that, that just stood out. And I just wanted to share with you that I believe the Lord wants you to get people fired up for him. It's wonderful, isn't it? You notice how close to me as shirt logo is to our logo for catch the fire <laughs> so it's beautiful we're going to bring our tithes and offerings to the lord together and uh, before we do let's uh, make our financial declaration as we like to do on a sunday morning why don't you uh, read this with me shall we stand together if you've got an offering to put in the basket i know many of us give online but if you <laughs> if you give online hold your phone up <laughs> but let's declare this together Father, you have purposed to make all grace abound to us so that we always have all sufficiency in all things. I agree with your purposes and willingly submit to your invitation to align my finances with your plans. My financial giving will start with returning the tithe to the storehouse where you have placed me and where you feed me. In addition, I choose to be generous and give to meet the needs of others here, to sow bountifully, trusting that you will see to it that I reap bountifully. As I sow into the family you're building, with money, time, and energy, I ask you to strengthen the wall of love around us and lead us as we gather others who are seeking the values you have entrusted to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So go ahead and pass the baskets. Uh, if you are giving by check, you don't need an envelope. If you're giving cash uh, and uh, you want a receipt, you do need an envelope. And if you're giving electronically, you can text a dollar amount to 84321, as I know many of you do. And thank you for doing that. And uh, as the baskets are going round, we're going to bless the kids because they're going to go out and have some fun. <laughs> and uh, So, Father, thank you for the little ones who are so close to your heart. <laughs> Would you speak to their hearts right now and through this time with Miss Jane? And thank you for the teenagers, for the, the revelation you give to these girls, for the way that you enfold them into your family. And as they spend time with Crystal and Renee, would you speak deeply to their hearts too? And then for the grown-up kids, Father, would you open our hearts to you? Because we're all young, and you want us to enter the kingdom of God like little children. And so, even the 80-year-old children, we open our hearts to you. <laughs> and we say, come and speak to my heart this morning, Father, that we could all grow deeper in being a family together. In Jesus' name. Amen. As you may know, uh, we've been talking about church as a family. 
and uh, the last couple of weeks we've unpacked some of that and uh, actually last week we talked about what does it look like and we all wrote these different things on the whiteboard which gladly I took a photograph of it because Renee needed it for this morning so <laughs> the, uh, the whiteboard's gone but the picture remains and here's the word that stood out to me messy that was Jamie's word just simply underlining how much Jamie moves in the power of the Holy Spirit <laughs> and speaking the truth in love so my title for this week is messy because I want to talk about some of the practicalities of becoming a spiritual parent because if you recall last week we said that God wants every one of us to be spiritual mothers and fathers you may be too young um, to be a parent yourself, or you may be too old to be a parent yourself, but whatever age you are in human years, you're never too young or too old to be a spiritual parent to others. God has designed it. He wants there to be spiritual fathers and mothers in the family of God, in the kingdom of God, and um, that's messy, isn't it? Here's why it's messy. There are no two individuals who are the same. So you can't have an instruction manual for spiritual parenting. Because you know, what works for, I don't know, pick on people here, pick, what works for Jeannie doesn't work for Alex. <laughs> or what works for Linda doesn't work for Tony. Or what works for Jan doesn't work for Nancy because you're all different. We are all unique, aren't we? And God wants every one of us to become uniquely who he's made you to be. If God wanted there to be two Annettes, he'd have made two Annettes. But he's only made one Annette, and she's precious because of that, as we all know. Okay? I realize that I'm discouraging people from sitting at the front, because I pick on the ones at the front. But anyway, don't... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> No two people are the same. And so it's about individual development, uniqueness being expressed. To be a spiritual parent, you're helping somebody else to express their spiritual uniqueness. That's messy. But here's another thing. With that diversity, God wants there to be unity. Well, how are you going to get diversity and unity in one place? Well, that's messy too, isn't it? Because it means that we've got to rub up against each other. And that's where the growth happens. So I thought we'd start out by asking for positive parenting insights. Start out by asking the crowd, and actually I'm going to pick on somebody because our most recent parent probably has some insight into this. Roger, come on up. <laughs> what have you learned from becoming a dad recently my needs mean nothing compared to the <laughs> screams of a child <laughs> um i've also learned that sleep is optional <laughs> and that i need to be happy with that <laughs> i've also learned that reward is way better than anything that i thought it would be previously and uh, that 
the my the way that I think about life has changed since he's been born because now it's not just oh I got to get through the week to the weekend or what am I going to do at work now it's all right how am I going to help raise this little human to be an actual God-fearing adult? So uh, that one will blow your mind. <laughs> yeah. That work? Enough? Okay. That's good. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> I love how Caleb is such a beautiful visual aid for all of us. Okay. We want to all be more like Caleb, right? What about anybody else? Insights into the positives, whether of natural parenting or spiritual parenting. Of course, all of us have had parents. We could fill the rest of the day with the negative stories about parents because there's no perfect parents, but I want us to focus on the positives. Um, so, Linda. I think one of the one most wonderful things God has shown me is the importance of not focusing on their negativities or their needs, but to focus on blessing them and the gift that God has put in them. That is good. Focus on blessing. Jeannie? I think patience, because as they grow, their different stages require so much different thoughts and actions on our part. So you have to have patience to nurture that growth and allow them to express themselves as they grow. This is good. We're learning some spiritual insights. Excuse me. Here's a man who knows a thing or two about parenting. <laughs> Still learning. Yeah. I kid you not. Um, one of the things that really uh, resonates with me and kind of what Linda said, but when we are speaking life into um, our children, and in our case now even grandchild, uh, we had a conversation in our life group a couple weeks ago about grace. And everybody understands what grace is to a degree. But when we say we need to give them grace, in our humanity, I think we only have a little taste of what grace is. All we can do is interpret it, the, the rough stuff and the, the, the personality stuff, and say, okay, well, I just got to work through that it'll be okay. But what God says is he wants us to look at them as a child that he's given to us. And that gift that he's given to us, when we saw the baby, as we see these young ones back here, and there is something so magnificent of their innocence and their, their just air. And, and I can't help but to look at him. You know, he looked at me this morning and I was just, just in awe of his innocent eyes looking back at me. And when we, when we give grace to them, that is that love and that's that cherishing, that's that, all that peace that God has already deposited that we just have to understand how to operate in that. So I just think the grace of God is part of it. Amen. All right, so I wrote down this uh, about an hour ago when I got here, and it just segues into what you're saying, what Miss Crystal said, what the little girl, um, okay, um, had written, and even what Roger just said. And it says, be a blessing to someone else. Pray, talk, help, listen, and understand that everybody needs help. So it goes right to what he just said, um, I understand that we really do need help. I mean, we all can 
sometimes fake it, but that doesn't, you know, do us any justice. So if you have a smile on your face, we don't know if you really do need help or not, but still be there for that person because behind that smile could be a very hurting person. That's good, Alex. Thank you. We all need help. I was going to say, I think just listening, you know, we always need somebody to listen to us and all children need, especially a parent, but somebody to just listen without really giving solutions a lot of the time. <laughs> After just hearing that, <laughs> I started off late because my children were already born and here before I got saved. And I loved them before. You know, I really loved my babies and little kids. But when the Lord saved me and I started reading the Bible, I got to uh, where Paul was talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And I realized I need help because I don't have that in, in, in almost any of those areas. And I started praying. That was my biggest prayer for God, I think, was that he would do that work in me. And I think that carries you through then, relationships with all other people. So I hope he's done a work in me at this point because I surely was not that. Annette, I've known you for a long time now and you surely do have the fruit of the Spirit in heaps. Okay, yeah, it's a gift from him, but it shows, it shows. Jamie? So I've never been a mother. Um, I've only raised a really spoiled dog. <laughs> but <laughs> but I do feel like even in spiritual parenting, or I've been a child, but I think unconditional love. I think if you can per get that through. Um, I would say impart and implant into your children, you know. That's good. Sherry? I just think you have to remember that each child's individual, and even if they're all yours, you you have to look at them differently, and then they can't be raised the same way, even in the same household. One might be artistic, one athletic, um, one that does doesn't do good in school. Because I know, plus I had street, I had uh, probably about eight different street kids live with me, and I was not a Christian. But the thing is, I listened, and you impart what you have into them, and I think each child, being individual, needs to be understood for who they are and encourage them. Amen. One more. Even though I've only been a parent of, of two dogs and everything, uh, <laughs> I've uh, almost thought of, you know, my brother has uh, two boys and, and to a certain degree I've almost have, have an idea of myself as being almost like a co-parent to a certain degree as far as, you know, when I go down to see them, I've I've definitely had to learn to, you know, think about setting an example because, you know, there's sometimes that 
Um, I've definitely seen that they kind of, you know, idolize me, you know, in some respects. And, and then I've seen them doing things like, oh, no, 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 no. That's, let, let, let's, let's talk about that, you know. <laughs> and, and so it's just, you know, setting example is so important, you know, even if they're not your children, you know. That's good. That example is what we want to focus in on in becoming spiritual parents. Thank you all for your wisdom. I think the thing that would thread all of that together is that to be spiritual parents, we have to have pure motives. We have to have God's heart in our parenting. And Renzo, you're welcome to preach any time. Please don't feel you need to keep quiet because uh, you're demonstrating for us what it means to be a child and entering into the kingdom of heaven. So this is good. He does not have to be quietened. He's welcome to squeal and preach and show us what it's like. Parenting is not for the faint-hearted, is it? Hello? <laughs> or was I the only one? <laughs> Here's our theme verse from last week. It's in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15. Though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That was what Paul said to the Corinthians. And I pulled that straight in now because I just said parenting is not for the faint-hearted. If you read the Corinthian letters you realize that Paul's parenting of the Corinthians was not for the faint-hearted. They were all kinds of weirdos, <laughs> doing all kinds of stuff that Paul had to correct and lead and guide and parent. And he was not a faint-hearted parent. But what he goes on to say then is, I urge you then, be imitators of me. We'll come back to that in just a moment. But the way I want to put that is, to be a spiritual parent, we need to model more than we teach. It's what J.W. was talking about with the example. If your words and your life don't add up, match up, then your kids are going to follow your life and not your words. Which is why most of us would agree with Annette when we say, we, <laughs> we, we, we look in here and we're going, oh God, help. <laughs> because we need him in our lives if we're going to be spiritual parents to other people, don't we? So what do we model? Well, we, we talked about this last week, but I wanted to recap it just briefly before we go on into more practicality. We model identity. That's where we wrapped up last week, wasn't it? For a fresh impartation of our identity in the Father's love, in God's love for each one of us uniquely. But we also want to model community. That's why it's always so encouraging to see you all walk in on a Sunday because this is a little taste of community. Yeah, it only lasts for a couple of hours and we're, there's a lot more to our community than just the Sunday morning, but this is where we kind of put it into practice by interacting with one another. And I love the love that every one of you displays to one another. This is also where we see one another maturity and where we grow in maturity. I want to say thank you to the worship team who spend time together each Wednesday learning together and growing together in how to enjoy God's presence 
in song and in worship and in flowing in the Holy Spirit. So the rest of us get to join in and benefit from that. And I want to say thank you to the rest of you because there isn't just the worship team on the platform. There's the worship team in the rest of the room as well. In other words, if you're breathing here, you're part of the worship team. But I want to say as we flow together, as we grow in maturity, we're modeling that to one another. And we all benefit from it. And then I use that word multiplicity. The point is there's a responsibility to what God is downloading to us, and that is to share it with others. He wants to multiply what he's done in you into people around you. He wants to multiply what he's done in me into people around me. He wants there to be a multiplication, and there's a responsibility with that. So let's talk about some practicalities. The biggest challenge in becoming a spiritual parent is that most of us weren't fathered and mothered well in our walk with Jesus in the past. Most of us have not fully tasted what it's like to be fathered or mothered both uh, in a healthy, life-giving way. There are no perfect human parents, but there is one perfect parent, your heavenly Father. That's why we strongly encourage everyone to, to attend the Father Heart School. I know some of you here are planning to come to the next one. It's coming up this next month. Uh, it's not too late to register for that because spending that week receiving the revelation. It's not just learning stuff in your head. It's your heart being evangelized by the truth that God is a loving Father which most of us have not experienced fully. Yes, you might have the right theology about it. Oh yes, the Bible says, and I believe it, therefore it's... But until you've begun to experience how God applies that to your life, that's when it begins to take root. And so uh, if you are thinking about coming to the school and you haven't registered yet, there is still time. Please do that. And if you know you can't come to the school, but you'd love to one day because there will be another one, maybe you'd like to sow into somebody who's struggling to pull it together. I know there are several folks who are asking God to provide for them to be able to do the school. So if you want to sow into somebody else this time so you can do it next time, come and see me afterwards and I'll help you work that out. But for most of us, we want to grow in our understanding of what the Father is like so that when we reflect him to others, it's a purer, cleaner, more powerful reflection than would be available to me from my past experience. And so let's talk about becoming a, a spiritual parent. It has to start with being parented. Until we experience healthy spiritual parenting, it's very hard for us to be healthy spiritual parents. And so, like I say, it starts with the revelation of the Father, but also we need to cultivate relationships with those who can uh, impart healthy fathering and mothering to us. Jane and I are very thankful that we've had relationship over the years now with a number of very healthy folks who've been able to impart to us, godly men and women who've become spiritual fathers and mothers to us. And you notice I'm using the plural. I'm not talking about, you know, you have your spiritual father who tells you what to do and you do everything they say. And it's not an, an exclusive thing. But there are many people that we've enjoyed getting into relationship with to be, be able to become spiritual fathers and mothers ourselves. And so it starts with submission. 
That's not a popular word, both in the church and in America, is it? Well, it's not that popular in England either. But <laughs> Submission is the beginning of that. We have to position ourselves to be able to receive from somebody else. In other words, I need to admit that I need to receive from you. I need to come under your mission so that by submission, I receive something of what you carry into my life to be able to give it to somebody else. We call that sonship. That doesn't mean you're a son. You could be a daughter, but we call it sonship because it's what Jesus did with the Father. He lived his whole life as an example for us of how to live only doing what the Father's doing. And so to have spiritual fathers and mothers, to be spiritually parented, I need to be willing to receive correction. I need to be open to input. I need to be able, and let me tell you, this has taken me years, and I'm still not there, but I need to be able to receive it when somebody needs to show me something that God wants to change in me. Now, who likes that? You're a weirdo. <laughs> I know he likes being corrected. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we, we struggle with it. And yet it's the key, from my experience, it's the key to becoming able to impart something to other people is to be willing to receive and actually seeking to receive from others. I'm so glad Fountain Linda are here this morning because it gives me the opportunity to honor the anointing they carry as a father and mother in the kingdom. So glad that you guys come to visit us because we love the, 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 the spirit you carry that imparts to us. Yeah, we don't need to be like you. I couldn't possibly be like you, but I've received so much through you and from you because of who you are, because you get this. And so I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. There are many others that Jane and I would count as spiritual fathers and mothers in our lives. And it makes such a difference when we're willing to be corrected, when we're willing to receive input. Three words that will help you become a spiritual parent. Ask for feedback. Next time you do anything with somebody, ask for feedback. What would you tell me about what I just did? Help me grow. I want to learn. It's a hard thing to do. Because you know what? It'll step on your pride. Well, it steps on mine when I do it. <laughs> Ask for feedback. <laughs> because when you get feedback, it helps you grow in humility. Such a lovely word, isn't it? You know, when you look in here, two people who stand out to me who are described in the Word of God as humble, or humble if you're a southerner, as I know some of you are, so I'm translating as I go. In the first part of the book, there's Moses, who interestingly enough, describes himself as the most humble man that ever existed. <laughs> but in his case, he was okay to do that because it was true. And if you like, he's the cornerstone of the Jewish Bible, the Old Testament, right? Is Moses. 
He's the foundation of all of it, and he's the most humble man there ever was. And he's so humble, he'll actually tell us without being proud about it. And then, of course, you turn to the second part of the book, and there's this amazing humble guy called Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who's the most humble guy in the New Testament. And look what he did. So humility's not a bad thing, is it? <laughs> you grow in humility when you ask for feedback. But along with asking for feedback, and here's the catch, and this is where it gets messy, there's somebody else who wants to point out to you what's wrong with you. There is an accuser who will clearly and repeatedly point out to you your junk. And he will use your experiences of trying to parent, whether it's human physical parenting or whether it's spiritual parenting, he'll point out to you what you got wrong. Anyone in this room who's had children will know that feeling of, oh my goodness, if only I hadn't done this, or I wish I'd done that, or oh Lord, forgive me, I didn't do the other. Most of the time, the accuser is taking advantage of your weakness to keep you focused on what you didn't do so that you lose sight of what God did do. Did you catch that? So, as we ask for feedback from spiritual parents in our lives, we need to discern between the voice of the parent and the voice of the accuser. Because in they often get tangled up together. I'll come back to that in a minute, but... I wanted to say it there. So, to become a spiritual parent, don't wait to be perfect. Don't wait. Begin. Start. Find somebody. Ask God to show you, who can I invest in? Start now. Start today. Start in wherever you are. Because if you wait until the accuser shuts up, you'll never parent anybody. <laughs> So begin. So let's talk about being a spiritual parent for a moment. Being a spiritual parent is God's assignment for you. It's not your choice. It's not something that you think, oh yeah, I think I might do that. Or, no, I don't think I want to do that. God has assigned to every one of us the responsibility to be a father or mother to other people. He did it when Jesus said, everywhere you go, teach people to follow me. Well, what was Jesus following? He was following his father. <laughs> what did Jesus teach his 12 to do, his kids, if you like, was to follow him. And then he sent them out to teach others to follow. So this is, it's, an, it's a commission from God that we all be spiritual parents, if you like. So ask God who you're to look to for parenting example, but also ask God who you're to invest in. Because it's an assignment from God to be a spiritual parent. And as a spiritual parent, there are several principles for being a spiritual parent. First off, you need to be willing to serve more than to be served. That's why I'm so glad for what Roger said. You know, sleep is optional and, and your priorities in life are forever different. Because I'm serving and not being served. And so if you need something, I'm there. 
Many of you have experienced that with Jane. <laughs> She's not in the room, but uh, she gets this, you know? If you're hurting, Jane somehow feels it and wants to know how can she help, how can she make a difference? And I'm not picking Jane out, I, I, well, I'm picking on her because she's not in the room, but I can actually point at most of you as well who carry that same heart. And the ones I wouldn't point at is just because I don't know. See, leaders serve. And it's one of the principles that carries over into our fuel groups. We don't have many fuel groups at the moment, but my goal is that we will have more. As God shows you who to invest in, gather them together into a little group. And then as the leader of that group, you're there to serve those that God has given you as you help them to grow into the uniqueness of who they are created to be. It's all about developing rather than controlling. That's the second principle about spiritual parenting. Being a spiritual parent is about how can I bring out of each one that I'm investing in the best in them, what God has put in them. It's not about how can I make Nancy turn out how I want her to. <laughs> it's about what does God want for Nancy and what part can I play in causing that to blossom and grow? You're probably wishing you didn't sit in the middle at the front, but thank you for being there. That's the second thing. It's about developing and not controlling. Uh, one of the things that we've, we, we started using a while ago, and then we kind of put it to the side, and as I was preparing, it struck me again. We've got a little package called a Destiny Discovery Package, which is great to use when you want to build a deeper relationship with others, where you figure out how God's wired you and what are the next steps to step into who God wants you to be. And so we'll, we'll begin to bring those out again, I think, um, because we want to make sure that our parenting is making each person the unique individual, fully mature, developed, grown. I said this last week, didn't I? The goal of a parent is not to raise a child. The goal of a parent is to raise a mature adult. I think Roger alluded to that in what he said earlier. And it's a covenantal relationship. So I would love... Each one who is, I'm investing in, and I recommend this to you as you do the same, I want them to know the whole truth. Remember what I said about the accuser? He'll tell you the truth. You didn't do this, or you got that wrong, or you should have done that. And maybe all of that's true, but it's only half the truth. <laughs> and in covenant, we want the whole truth. Jesus came, it says, full of grace and truth. Jesus was full of truth. Not half truth. That's the accuser. Jesus was full of truth. And when the accuser tells us half truth, he's speaking, he's giving us fruit, if you like, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, you did this wrong. Or you should have done that right. And there's this fruit from the tree we weren't supposed to eat from. But when Jesus shows us the whole truth, he's giving us fruit from the tree of life, which is the tree of obedience to the Father. It's the tree of relationship with the Godhead. So as a spiritual parent, we want to be in that place where we're offering the whole truth. That's what Paul was doing one verse before our theme verse in 1 Corinthians 4.14. He says, I don't write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. 
So he's writing to this bunch of crazies in Corinth who are doing all kinds of stuff, but he's telling them the whole truth of who they are and what God wants. And it's coming from his fathering heart. And God wants you and I to be the kind of people who've experienced his love for ourselves so that what we want for other people is the same experience but unique to them of the depth of that love and the breadth of that love. He wants us to admonish. And admonish is not like this. That would be accusing. And the enemy's good at it. But admonishing is placing truth in the mind. I looked it up. Fount could probably help us more with this. But basically, the word that's translated admonish there is the word for my mind and placing truth in it. And as often Paul does, he just bolts two words together to teach us something. He's talking about placing the whole truth of God into the minds of those that we are being spiritual parents to. And that's what he wants you and I to do. You can't give it to somebody else until you've received it for yourself. That's why starting with being parented is so important. Then he goes on to say, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And then he says this, and I love this little picture. I urge you then, be imitators of me. And I found that picture. I thought, yeah, that really does give me a visual of what it means. I just copy what Jesus is like. I copy what my father's like. And he works through that. And so we said this earlier, but I just want to sort of wrap up with this because it's an important part of parenting. Parenting includes unraveling what the enemy has twisted. That's why the headline for today is messy. Because all of us have got areas in our lives where the enemy's kind of twisted it up. And we need to unravel it. And God wants to commission every one of us to unravel what the enemy has twisted, not just in our own lives, but in the lives of those around us that we can invest ourselves in. Now, you can't want change for someone more than they want change for themselves. So I'm not saying that you need to look around this room and find somebody who's a mess and set yourself as their spiritual parent to unravel them. That's not what I'm saying. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> you spoke up. If I look at Brandy and I figure out what's all tangled up and I'm going to go over and try and untangle it, no thank you, all right? But God does not want Brandy on her own trying to untangle herself from where the enemy's twisted it. That's why he's planted her in a family. I wasn't going to pick on you, but you picked on yourself. That's, I know you are, yeah. <laughs> God has planted her in this community so that together she experiences the untangling of what the enemy has tangled. And guess what? You can gain tremendously from letting her help you untangle what the enemy has tangled in you. It works both ways. This is not a position of hierarchy at all. God wants all of us to be spiritual mothers and fathers We've all got things to learn. We've all got things to give. But we want to embrace that untangling principle. <laughs> so if you have a revelation 
or a, an impartation or a, a freedom or an untangling in your life, live it out. Because although you can't make someone receive the same, you can actually show them what yours looks like so they want it. And I love how that happens in our gatherings together. I see different ones building relationship with different ones as they see that you carry something that they want. If you want to laugh in the freedom of the Holy Spirit, Sherry's had to slip out, but Robert's still here. <laughs> There's plenty of that available, and I recommend it. Right? If you want a hug that will change your heart, there's plenty of people in this room who give you one. There's one there, and there's one there, and there's one here, and you know, there's lots of you. If you, if you want, yeah, there you go. Okay, if you want someone to tell you the truth and try and put as much love on it as she can, <laughs> there she is. <laughs> You see, it's all about the community, isn't it? God wants every one of us to be that for one another. I love what he said about Timothy to the church in Philippi. This is in Philippians 2. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he served with me in the gospel. You see, Timothy's a son to Paul, but he's going to go to Philippi as a father, concerned for their welfare, not for his own status. You see how this multiplies? Do you see how the chain reaction takes place? And Paul knows that though he can't go because he's in jail <laughs> and he's about to be executed, he knows that he's going to be cheered by what God does through his spiritual son, Timothy. And it's that multiplication that God is looking for. So every one of us is commissioned by God to be like Timothy. <laughs> As you look around, you may feel that everyone around you is too much work. <laughs> But Father is genuinely cared, genuinely cares, concerned for their welfare. And Father wants you and I to receive that genuine concern, that wholehearted desire for each person to become who God designed them to be. And it's such a part of what we long to be here at Catch the Fire. He invites us to become fathers and mothers in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Or as we sang in the song, you can make me like you. Wrap me in your arms. We're going to pray in just a moment, but there's one more verse I felt to share with you. It's probably the most important principle of becoming a spiritual parent. It comes out of Hebrews 12. The whole of Hebrews 12 is amazing. 
follows on from the great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 11, and it talks about how you and I should live in light of the fact that God has done this great stuff in all these amazing people, and he's going to do great stuff in you and in me. And the writer to the Hebrews says, let's lay aside every weight, everything else that that hinders, let's run with endurance the race, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus went through everything because of the outcome. And I think that is the key to spiritual parenting. It costs, but it's worth it. It's tough, but there's joy. It's messy, but there's fruit. And God is calling all of us to say yes to becoming spiritual parents, to sacrifice, to treat each one as Jesus would treat them, to be genuinely concerned for their welfare. In other words, to invest ourselves into others. To pour our lives into the lives around us. And if you're willing to say yes to that, I'd like to pray for you. Because I believe that's God's challenge to every one of us this morning. So let's bow our heads. And if you, like me, are hearing the nudge of the Holy Spirit to be more like Jesus and to invest in those around you, to become a spiritual mother or spiritual father, I want to agree with you that that is God and that he will equip you and anoint you to do that. So just slip a hand up if you want me to agree with that for you. So I know who I'm agreeing with. <laughs> yeah. All over the room we're saying, yes, Father. You can put your hands down. So, Father, thank you that every one of us can call you Father. And thank you that in being fathered by you, we also find ourselves fathered and mothered by those you've placed into our lives. And thank you that as we receive the gifts you give us of people and of experiences and of truths and revelations, you increase our capacity to become the spiritual fathers and mothers that maybe we didn't have before but you impart it to us for the sake of those around us and for the sake of the generations to come. And so now in this moment, Father, would you commission every one of us to be spiritual fathers and mothers? Would you release to us that genuine concern for the good of others? Would you open our hearts and our minds to hear you, to see you, to learn from you? That what we impart would not be human wisdom, 
but would be the revelation of heaven, the rhema words of God, the heart of the Godhead expressed through human beings. Now, Father, for each one in this room, I pray that you would show us who, that we wouldn't in any way hold back, but we would begin immediately to invest ourselves in others for the sake of the kingdom and for the sake of becoming who you've made us to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like you just to keep your eyes closed for just a moment longer and say, so Father, what one more thing do you want to say to me personally? And we'll just be quiet for a moment to let him do that. Whatever he says to you, I recommend you say yes. <laughs> and he's not going to stop just because we're going to close the gathering, but he's going to continue to speak to each of us, grow us into who he's made us to be. I love this family. Thank you for being here. Go out and find somebody else that you can invest your life in. And enjoy the ride. God bless you. We'll see you back here next week.